How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Um, this year. So if the Phillies are going to start to make some moves, they better get some, they better get some things cranked up and going. They, they, better, uh, they better get some things cranked up if they're going to get, uh, get back into this divisional race because they're slipping away every day. So feels like they are not doing anything to try to close the gap with the, uh, with the Braves. It's been the Marlins more than anything that have been able to kind of close the gap with the Atlanta Braves. But um, as of right now, they are, they are struggling and um, they need to try to get themselves back on track with uh, everything. All right, let's get to an NFL squib kick. Take a look at the NFL with the Squib Kick with John Chuckery. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Trey Lance has said that he has retooled his throwing motion and he's made a substantial jump this offseason. Um, obviously, Lance, uh, Trey Lance, I should say, drafted third overall in 2021. Um, only four starts in the last couple of years. Um, certainly doesn't feel like he is the future quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, but said, quote, I said, watch this, watch what uh, what he does. Um, this is from, uh, who the hell is this? Uh, quarterback's coach, Jeff Christensen. He said, uh, when he was uh, uh, talking to um, uh, Pat Mahomes, I said, watch this, watch what he does here. It was something I was telling him to do that he wasn't doing, uh, wasn't doing, or quite doing, and then he saw Patrick apply it perfectly. I think the visual buy-in, the mental buy-in, have helped him past uh, that mental jump. And to his credit, he just keeps getting better. Over the last seven days, every day was a substantial jump. Well, look, this is a make-or-break year, right? We talk about these quarterbacks in year three. We've seen these quarterbacks that when they get to year three, that light come on and click. It did for Jalen Hurts last year, right? He was the latest guy. But you get to that year three, and it's supposed to start clicking. It's supposed to start kind of coming all together. So we'll see if Trey Lance has got all of that. Again, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, you know, I I don't know where they're going to go for quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but we do know their defensive line will be really good. And, you know, that's why you can be in five of the last ten NFC conference title games and anyway um 49ers uh levi stadium in santa clara set to host super bowl 60 at the nfl league meetings in march the san francisco 49ers were confident they'd be bringing a super bowl back levi stadium and barring any change of direction suddenly super bowl 60 is going to be at levi stadium in santa clara super bowl uh, 60 is in 2026 Slated to be approved by the NFL, um, confirmed uh, in a report by the Sports Business Journal. Quote, uh, this is from 49ers President Al Al Guido. Uh, If the Bay Area has the opportunity, we would be honored to host Super Bowl 60. So looks like that they are going to end up getting that gig. Um, 
I guess the uh, I guess they're going to be one of the teams that also hosts World Cup action come 2026, right? It says Niners executives have been confident about bringing the Super Bowl back to Levi Stadium for the past few months. At the league meetings in March uh, in Phoenix, the Niners sought a $120 million loan from the NFL Stadium Fund to make improvements to Levi Stadium. They said that money's also slated to go. I mean, how about that? How about the NFL just as a slush fund of money, hundreds of millions of dollars of money, just to, okay, do some stadium improvements? Like, can we as fans get a little bit of that cash? Can we get our hands on some of that cash bread, do re mi? Uh, they said the money's also going to go to make improvements with the 2026 World Cup uh, with their eye toward that and then also bolstering their position for future Super Bowls. Um, Niners Chief Executive Officer Jed York said he was enthusiastic. My optimism is very high. I feel very confident that we're going to get a Super Bowl in the near future, and it would be great to get Super Bowl 60 after hosting Super Bowl 50. Don't they... Um, isn't that don't they have that like recyclable outdoor garden area in at their stadium? Am I in Levi? Yeah, like on one end of their stadium, it's the it's the organic recyclable vegetable garden and all that kind of stuff. Like they got some kind of goofy thing that only Californians would would do, the People's Republic of uh, California. I th- I think that there is like some kind of special garden area or something like that that they have on one end of the stadium that they do like some kind of environmentally friendly thing or something like that. Look that up. Uh, are you looking that up right now? So, yeah, it yeah. does say that they set the uh, standard for the use of recycled water. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Well, listen, it, it is California. So, um, th- listen, they need all the water that they can get in California, right? They're kind of running sparse on water. The, the, the one thing that we have more resources of available, that's the thing they don't have. They don't have any water out there. So, anyway, with all the droughts and forest fires and everything else. But, anyway. Um, Mitch Trubisky has signed a three-year deal to uh, be the backup uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, says here that... Um, uh, Trubisky, the second overall pick in 2017, is under contract through the 2025 season. Previously, Trubisky's contract ran through the end of the 2023 season and carried a $10.6 million cap hit that season. Trubisky will make more than $8 million guaranteed in the first year of the deal. Says that with the deal, the, the Steelers have uh, both first-round pick Kenny Pickett and Trubisky under contract through 2025. So the Steelers also have a fifth-year option on Kenny Pickett. Um, the Steelers also signed Mason Rudolph as a, a backup or part of their quarterback rotation on a one-year deal as obviously he's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for a while here. But um, um, I, I don't know if any of those guys are really uh, all that good. And uh, let me see here. I had the... Uh, uh, where did my, where's my other? Oh, there we go. Um, no, I had my, I had my story about uh, uh, AJ Brown talking about Jalen Hurts's contract. Something didn't, uh, didn't print out. Day day. Dang. Well, I guess it didn't, uh, I guess it didn't print out or something like that. But AJ Brown was talking a little bit about uh, Jalen Hurts' contract. But um, 
Let me get to one other story here in the NFL. Why not? We got time to kill, right? Um, oh, did you see this uh, trainer that uh, the, the Washington Commanders have brought back their assistant athletic trainer, Doug Kwan, who uh, approximately 19 months after he was placed on administrative leave during the investigation by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, the USDEA, um, he rejoined the team earlier this month and was at Washington's rookie minicamp uh, on the 12th through the 14th. Both the NFL and the NFLPA approved of his return to the commander's training staff. Uh, let's see, quote, player health and safety is our top priority, and we're pleased to continue to build up our training staff with another seasoned professional with the reinstatement of Doug Kwan in the role of assistant athletic trainer. We're happy to have him back. So he was placed on administrative leave back on October 9th of 2021, eight days after the DEA raided a Washington practice facility as part of an investigation into head athletic trainer Ryan Vermillion. It was never stated why Quan was paced on administrative leave. He was never charged with anything. So he stayed on, he stayed on administrative leave for 19 months. Do you get paid for that? Do you think you get paid for administrative leave? It depends. I mean, I'm sure employees of the league are probably under some type of contract. So yeah, I guess I mean, it just depends. They, you know, the players, you know, they had that. Um, oh gosh, you know, Greg Hardy, right? Had that. He had that um, where he was on. He wasn't suspended, but he was on the commissioner's exempt list. Right, and he got paid. So he was under investigation and all this good stuff. He was on their exempt list, and he got paid for it. Got paid for it. <laughs> I, I think it was eight weeks that he was out or whatever like that. Yeah, I, I that remember was that. Suspension. Yeah. Yep. yeah, but he got paid for that whole time. So um, they say Vermillion uh, was also placed on uh, administrative leave, and in August of 2022, he agreed to deferred prosecution. According to the government's criminal information filing, Vermillion was... That, that's the head trainer. Vermillion was accused of unlawfully acquiring and obtaining possession of oxycodone by misrepresentation, fraud, forgery, deception, and subterfuge. Sounds like a good guy, right? He's got his hands. I mean, so basically he was peddling yeah. oxycodone. Yeah. I mean, and look. He was pushing. I, I Push a pee, push a pee. <laughs> uh, but anyway. I, I promise you that there wouldn't be a tough market to find for people that want oxycodone, right? I mean, not just people that are hurt, but addicts everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. he was uh, sub subsequently fined and suspended by the NFL indefinitely. Um, so, yeah, this um, this Quan is back. Listen, um, yeah, I won't say. I, I won't. I won't get into. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know. Anyway. Um, did you see Jerry Gray is uh, going to be part of that um, uh, coach accelerator program? Yeah. That, uh, you know, Leslie Frazier is going to be part of this as well. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 40 participants in the NFL's coaches accelerator program held at the spring uh, league meeting in, uh, in Minneapolis uh, next week. The NFL announced on Wednesday that the coaches will be participating in it. And Jerry Gray is one of the guys that are going to be a part of it. The uh, Accelerator follows the inaugural Coach and Front Office Accelerator and the Front Office Accelerator hosted at previous league meetings in 2022. For the first time, however, teams were able to 
nominate coaches outside of their organization. And uh, so there were certain coaches that were picked up for all of this. And obviously, this is this is the program that is helping to increase minority hiring. Coaches, GMs, front office people, different things like that. Um, he's Fra- Leslie Frazier, uh, who's been a part of this, said, quote, I don't want to say that I'm okay with where it where it is doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you're disappointed that people get narrow-minded and only believe that I got to hire this young offensive mind to lead my team because I've got this young quarterback, but it is the owner's team. They paid all that money for that team. They get to choose how they want to run it and how they want to uh, and how they want uh, to do it. So you have to do uh, the best you can with what you have, and I'm going to do the very best I can as uh, the defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. There are a lot of other def- uh, worthy defensive-minded coaches that are league that uh, could be head coaches as well. Now we just have to keep doing what we do and do it well, and you can't uh, control the decisions that they make. So, again, this is about hiring more, hiring of more minority coaches across the league. And, again, Jerry Gray of the Falcons, who's obviously a well-respected guy. I mean, it's not like he's some, you know, jabron that just walked into, uh, you know, Funkin' Wagnalls or whatever. So he's uh, a really well-respected coach. And I, I've said that is the low-key best hire that Arthur Smith made. This guy, I think, is going to pay real dividends with their defensive backs, right? Defensive backs coach for a long time. He coached the Legion of Boom. He was there when Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor were safeties as rookies for the Seattle Seahawks, and he helped coach those guys up. I think he's going to be a really valuable addition to this coaching staff, and I think he's the assistant head coach uh, as well. So, um, again, um, great hire, but now he's going to be part of this uh, accelerator program. All right, when we get back, was Kevin Herter right? We'll talk about that next. Chuck, we on the Key Studio. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuckery Show. Hanging out in Key Studios. Uh, rank them coming up at 1040 here, so about 20 minutes from right now. All right, so here's what we can do. We can get you involved. Uh, we didn't get a chance earlier to get you involved in, in the show, but we'll make up for it here. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Because I'm asking the question, was Kevin Herter right? So Kevin Herter was on a podcast here just a couple of days ago. It's the um, Old Man and the Three podcast hosted by J.J. Reddick and Tommy Alter. And he had some interesting things to say about the Hawks' run to the Eastern Conference Finals and it potentially being their downfall. Here's what Kevin Herter had to say on the podcast about 
the Hawks and how that all ended. 100%. And that was almost like the start of our downfall was the run that we went on. We won before we were expected to win or before we should have won, let's call it. And, um, you know, that run, I think we were, we were the five seed beating Philly as the number one seed. Um, we, our fans didn't expect us to get that point. The NBA didn't expect us to. And that just put a fast forward on our timeline. And, and our, I don't think our team as a whole was fully at that point. And so then we went into the next season with a similar roster. And if every year we're trying to build and get better, uh, we were first round exit, so it's not like we would have built from uh, a first series win. But the expectations of that team just went through the roof the next year because we made a conference finals, and it was our right, conference finals or finals or bust. And maybe as a unit, like that wasn't that wasn't where we were there yet. You talk about like skipping steps. I would say that team skipped a step, and we overachieved for that year. We won on a great run. That uh, ultimately, two years later, all these expectations that had happened. Everyone thought like, all right, we got to make a lot of changes because now we're failing as a team. When in reality, we might not have you know, consistently built to that point anyway. And I think we were getting there, we were building it, just it never it came to fruition. So that might have been the same here with Sack. Like if we won our first round series, we beat the defending champs, and we go into the next series, we're playing uh, LeBron and the Lakers, and you know who knows what happens in that series. All of a sudden, we go into next year, and it's. All right, the Kings should be a two seed, one seed, and in, in, in Western Conference Finals or bust. And the expectations, the expectations, uh, they change. So, I think you gotta hopefully stay on the right path. You try to build every year. You try to get better every year. But that's right. what happens all when right. you win. Yeah, he's got it. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, it, all that Balderall nonsense and all that kind of stuff. Look, uh, I don't agree with him. I, I don't agree with what he said. Okay, so. The Hawks made that incredible run. And look, I would not trade that run for anything. You know, that was the furthest that the Atlanta Hawks had ever gotten in franchise history. And that was a magical run. Now, were they ahead of schedule? Yes, they certainly were. But I don't think the expectation was ever from, listen, there are always pockets of fans that say, well, if they don't win the title, that's a success. That's, I mean, again, there are pockets of fans that are nitwits, right? But the vast majority of people thought that, okay, we're, run, we're making this run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Anything can happen. Nothing is expected. But let's build off that. Even if we're not in the Eastern Conference Finals the next year, let's build off that. And then you have your star player, your superstar player, come out and say, well, you know, we don't care about the regular season. We only care about the playoffs. Oh, 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 okay. And then they stink it up during the regular season. They're the nine seed. They have to win two Fakakta play-in games and then get blown out by the Miami Heat. So if your star is coming out here and saying, well, we don't care about the regular season, only about the playoffs, well, then what's the expectation supposed to be? Uh, we didn't set that expectation. The fans didn't. The, the head coach, the general, nobody set that expectation except the star player who's the leader of the team, who's the guy that everybody gravitates toward. Now, Steve Coonan was on with Dukes and Bell earlier today, and he responded to what Kevin Herter had to say. 
I, I think it's pretty obvious that there's no guarantees in sports. And I think what happened with us came so out of the blue in, in, in 20, you know, in 2021. Um, we, we finished the year really strong. It was a COVID year. We came into the playoffs playing the Knicks, which brought a microscope on us because it was the first time the Knicks had been in the playoffs in a decade. Then we beat the number one seed in Philadelphia. Then we played Milwaukee even till Trey got hurt. So, of course, if you remember, um, one of our star players said in the second game of the season, the regular season's boring compared to the playoffs. And you kind of, yeah. you know, collect your, your pearls and go, oh, my God, you know. And it's interesting because if you've read what Spolstra said and but- Jimmy Butler in Miami have said and Kyle Lowry, if we did not have the regular season the way it was this year, we would never be ready for prime time now. So, look, that's true, right? The Miami Heat didn't get their act together during the regular season and had to turn it on now, and they played well down the stretch, and they actually lost to the Hawks in a, you know, play-in Fakakta tournament game thing, whatever it is, and now they've turned it on in the playoffs. But I don't think that the expectation – was was that they had the the thing was did we have to build off that season yes we had to build off of that season now that doesn't necessarily pinpoint say okay well then you have to take the next step no they weren't a championship look did anybody really look at the Atlanta Hawks and say well that's an NBA champion when you compared them to Milwaukee Phoenix uh, Boston, uh, Golden State, the Lakers. Did anybody look at that team and say, well, that's a championship team? With all due respect to Kevin Herter and Clint Capella and John Collins, that ain't exactly Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So, again, I don't think that that everybody had those kinds of expectations. They and they all they have done since that point is regress. Like there haven't been good moments for the Hawks. Now you have another coach in place. Your whole front office has been disbanded. You've brought all new front office people in. The owner's son has influence now. We'll see if the head coach is selecting personnel. Like everything has changed. Why? Because it bottomed out for the Hawks. If they'd have just been semi-good through this whole thing, they might not have blown everything up. But they felt like they had to blow up everything because the star player's not getting along with the coach. They're not playing well. Nobody's thriving. I mean, Trey Young, after that playoff run, was the babe the boy. He could do no wrong. He could do no wrong. And this is not about hating on Trey or, you know, all the stupid narratives that are out there. This is about the fact that when your star player comes out and says things like that, it sets the tone for what the fans expect. Well, if Trey Young is saying it, then it's got to be true. That, you know, we're not excited about the regular season and all that blah, 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 blah. And it was obvious because they were the nine seed. Then this year they're the eight seed. And you're barely scraping by the bottom of the barrel sludge and then you get in the playoffs, and then 
you're not really all that competitive in either playoff series. Can't have it both ways. And again, why was Herder traded? Because was Herder traded because he spoke out or he wasn't a good player? No, he was traded because they wanted to stay on the luxury tax. Because Tony Wrestler said, uh, if this team is going to be the nine seed, why am I going to the luxury tax? I'll I rewarded everybody after that playoff run. DeAndre Hunter got a contract. John Collins got a contract. Trey Young was a super max player. We'll reward everybody. Now let's go build. Well, they didn't build anything. Again, they were record. Herder said they were the five seed. They were only the five seed because of the head-to-head against the New York Knicks. They had the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference. You mean to tell me that the expectation was to be the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference and then the next year be the ninth worst and the next year after that be the eighth worst? Was that really the expectation? You mean to tell me that the expectation shouldn't have been? Look, what did we talk about a week ago, Day Day? What's the expectation for the Hawks? What's the minimum expectation? People said second-round playoff. Yeah. Because at some point, it has to pay off. Yep. At some point, there has to be a money shot payoff in this thing, right? I mean, how many hours can you watch of the same thing before there has to be you know, a money shot? Has to be a payoff to it. Something has to give. We can't just keep kind of treading in the same water. Something has to advance. And they advanced at a rapid level. We weren't expecting them to repeat all of the things that they had done the year before. But again, you could have been a top four or five seed. Even if you'd have done close to the same thing. Top four, five, six seed. Second round playoff. That would have been acceptable. And that would have put everybody together. But you were the nine seed and barely made it in the playoffs. And then you got steamrolled by the Miami Heat. Wasn't even a competitive series. That's why. And that's what forced the hand of the Hawks saying, wait a second, we're we're going in the luxury tax with all this. How much longer are we going to stay? How much longer are we going to be before we're in the luxury tax and blah, 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 blah? Uh, I don't know that we really need to be in the luxury tax. I don't, I don't know that we need to be at, in, you know, dollar for dollar spending our money with DeAndre Hunter and John Collins and Clint Capella and Trey Young and everybody like that, just to be a, you know, a you know, team that isn't even 500, you know, what, 41 and 41 or whatever. Why why be like that? Why why start forking over all kinds of cash to host a playoff game or two? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I don't I don't disagree with it. But now we have to get in the luxury tax because you're not even going to keep everybody together unless you're in the luxury tax. And if you start trying to build based upon not being in the luxury tax, you're not going to have a better roster. You're not going to be able to catapult your roster forward if you can't keep some of these same guys in place. But again, you know, they never built off of anything that they did during that run. It wasn't like you had a great year and then you had an okay year. You had a dreadful year the year after that. Let's grab Chris out in College Park before we get to break. What's going on, Chris? Hey, what's up, George Rattlesnake? Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, 
Hey man, enjoying the uh, the take on the Hawks uh, and some of of what you're saying, I agree with, and some of it, I want to get your opinion uh, because me, when I heard Herder's comments, what I was hearing in what he was saying, I think he was being respectful of of uh, Trey. Uh, is that comment that we all remember about him talking about the regular season? Mm-hmm. And you're right. You're you are pinpointing that it was fans, a lot of people who thought that the Hawks could at least go back to the Eastern Conference Championship, if not get to the NBA Championship. But at the very least, Chuckery, after going to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, you know, to go out in Game 7 in the semifinals is what we expected. You know, like, we should have done better than what we did. And and and, and uh, Herder was alluding to that. And then to hear Steve Coonan say the same, I mean, he said it out of his mouth, like clutching his pearls. That comment by Trey, your star player, and they're not calling him by name, alluding to that, shut us down. That comment will, you know, reign over the Hawks for for a long time. And I think what Herder was saying was that even though they got that far and the steps that they missed, if our star player would have had an attitude, I think everybody else would have fed off of that, and that's where it all gets to him with being a leader and what, what so many fans talk about. And and I, I really like both of their comments and how they kind of alluded to that comment by Trey. Thanks for letting me rattle on. Yep, appreciate it. Um, Look, I, I, I get what you're saying, but if you're allowing your star player to say that and there's no whatever, contradiction or whatever to it or rebuttal to it or whatever like that, then that sets the narrative and the tone. That that sets the tone for everything. When, when, when your guy comes out and says, because there was nobody else that said, well, Listen, I I understand what Trey is saying, but we really value the regular season. No, there was no there was no statement that you know um, counteracted that one because that's the percept. I mean, when when you hear that with fans, that's their perception. Oh well, they don't care about the regular season; they're just going to be able to turn it on the playoffs. Regular season be damned. Well, now oh well, okay, we, we can uh, we we can just turn it on the playoffs. Well, that didn't happen. That 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 didn't happen. Yeah, they're they're good in the play-in games. Then they line up against Miami and they got their clock cleaned. So again, it's 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 an interesting discussion with what he said, but I I don't believe I don't I don't believe that that was what a lot of fans thought the expectations were supposed to be. That it was just going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals every year. We were never going to be Golden State or, you know, whatever, whatever great team that that we would be in this thing. All right, rank them coming back. Chuck Green, the Key Studios, Sports Radio, not to the game, the Odyssey.com app. Back at it, Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios Friday night with you. 
I think Day Day and I are officially in just kind of tired mode. Oh yeah. Yeah, like like the week has hit us. Uh, it finally hard, hit. So, yeah. 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 Just everything's hit us really hard. 404-741-0929 at JMSH316 at the D Lewis for real on our personal Twitter pages. Used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends, picking Randy's brain, picking Hugh's brain, giving him uh, some things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we called this segment Rankem. All right, JC, so you got me to thinking. If I had the money, all right, that Jay-Z Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And if you had the money and you could buy you a house in any of these luxurious areas in the country rank these four beverly hills buckhead the hamptons star island um star island one okay um i'll do buckhead because i can be an atlanta housewife (laughs) a real housewife of atlanta um beverly hills and what was the other one uh the hamptons uh I'll do I'll do Beverly Hills and then the Hamptons last. Uh, Hamptons too hoity toity for me. So yeah, those, those people are just annoying. All right, R.I.P. Jim Brown. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping you've seen all of these, but uh, rank these Jim Brown movies. Okay. I know The Running Man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Dirty Dozen and Any Given Sunday. Well, Dirty Dozen is is that's one of the all time movies. I mean yeah. that that that's a fantastic yeah, yeah. movie. Um. I'll go. I'll go. Running Man two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Um, the, the way that that was one of the few times when the Wayans brothers were really funny. Yeah. Um, and then any given Sunday was. I mean, that's that movie is so bad, but it's you got to watch it though. Yeah. Like it's so. It's one of those movies that is so overactedly bad. Right. But every time it's on, you can't turn away from yeah it. yeah and then the cat they had a good cast so that doesn't right you know but i mean the the, the whole football thing aspect is of it, yeah. yeah the whole football <laughs> play of it it's ridiculous like yeah. nobody talks like that like there's the, nobody does those things and just right i i, I don't know like it's, it's I, funny I, though because remember when espn had their football show Movie or series? Did you ever? Well, you didn't watch it. You don't really do the HBO thing. No. Uh-uh. So HBO had a series, but apparently it was too real to what was going on in the NFL among players. Like, what was it called? Uh, what was the name of that show? I, I'd have to. Naked uh, and Afraid. No. <laughs> no. But you know, like storylines were like so real to what was going on in, yeah, in with I'm players sure that. I mean, again, I mean, if if you wanted to see what football was like in the old days, go watch North Dallas Forty. Yeah. Go, go watch North Dallas Forty with Nick Nolte and Mac Davis. I mean, right. go go watch that movie. That that with John Matuzak. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what the old NFL was back in those days, right? Right. right Hookers, right. coke, blow chicks. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what the NFL was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Rank these songs. This was actually from one of our listeners. They hit me up the other day uh, after we had got off, but uh-huh. and I told him I would I'd bring this up. These songs, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, Billy Ocean, uh, Mercedes Boy, Pebbles, My Prerogative, Bobby Brown, Doing the Butt, EU. Um, Mercedes Boy. I mean, I, that, yeah, that's I know, a that's great your, yeah, yeah, you that, love that record. Yeah, that, that, That's my vibe right yeah. there. Um, my prerogative would be number two. That, yeah, that's a that really was, good song. That was, that was a great bo- album for Bobby Brown. Oh, that that first album that well, I guess it, 
Was that his first album? Uh, was I don't think that was was that don't the be first cruel. solo? I mean, it was, it it was, was the on, Don't Be Cruel. I think yeah. it was the first solo album. For I think him. I think it was his first solo album yeah. away from New Edition. New Edition, so, yeah. That album is phenomenal. Like Roni yeah. and and I want to rock with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, every step I take, like that. Yep. That album was just phenomenal. And he had uh, not uh, what's his name, Teddy Riley. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, in yeah. on yes. that, you yes. know, as far as putting yes. helping him put that yep. together. Yep. So I'll go with my prerogative number two. Okay. You said EU the butt, and yep. what was the other one? And Billy Ocean, get out of my dreams. Uh, my I'll car. do Billy Ocean because that that the butt. I mean, I I, I don't <laughs> the, know. Listen. Uh, the, the butt, you needed to be at a AUC or HBCU okay. party when that song was kind of popular. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it just. It probably would change your. It, it got so tiring, view. though. Like it, it did. It, get, like, it got played like a lot. Like every dance club <laughs> would. I mean, when that. Like, let me put it this way. There was a time, like, when that song would come on, uh-huh. like, everybody would leave the dance floor. <laughs> right? Like, that was, okay, let's go get a drink and, and relax. Right. It was for a the reset bit. song. Yes. Exactly. It became the yes, reset yes, song. Yes. Because <laughs> let, let me tell you, let, let me tell you one of the great underrated songs that every, when it was hot, uh-huh. everybody was going out and dancing to. And that was 50 Cent oh, in, the, in club. the club. Yeah. When that's, when that, Lyric, yes. opening lyric, go, go, yep. go. I mean, everybody. Yeah. Because I was in Midtown in those early 2000s. Right. Everybody was on the dance floor. Yep. Everybody. Like, the dance floor went from, like, not many people to, to it was like it was like a, a mob yeah, scene on the yeah. dance floor. You know, when I knew it was a hit, um, so I at, back when that came out, I used to work at 96 Rock. Okay. And we did, remember when Coyote Ugly had their bars around oh, the country yeah. and we had yeah. one up in Buckhead? Yep. They, so we, yeah. were doing, we were doing a remote there. By, by the way, one of the more underrated movies, or sorry, one yeah, of the more yeah. overrated, I'll say overrated, overrated yeah. movies. Coyote Ugly. Because again, horrible, yes. it was a bad movie <laughs> right. and the whole... Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. So I, that bar, that bar was overrated, by the way. Yeah. Too. That one. That, yeah. That bar in Buckhead was overrated. Yeah, but I knew it was a hit because it was a '96 rock night, mm-hmm. and you know, in between the, you know, how they did the sets or whatever. Right. In between the sets, it came on on the jukebox, and every to your point, the whole absolutely play, everybody in there, and I was like, I, oh wow, this guy I, definitely I, got a hit. I mean, that song pulled everybody. Yes. You know, that was one of those unifying songs, like. You yep. couldn't when that song was first out. You couldn't listen to that song and not get into it. Nope. Yep. Like that that <laughs> o- that whole opening lyric. You know, yep. just you know, we're gonna party like a church. Ju- I mean, yep. that was phenomenal. Yeah. That's one of the great opening lyrics of all time, too. Yeah. yeah. One of yeah. the great opening lyrics of all time. All right, let's get to. Um, uh, let's start with my uh, Twitter page okay. um, from our buddy J Dub. Who has the biggest biggest year? Ritter, London, Pitts, Robinson. Um, I'm going to go Pitts 1. I'm going to go Ritter 2, Robinson 3, and Drake London 4. Because I think Drake London has a good year, but Mm -hmm. I think he still just kind of falls in line with what some of his numbers are. From my buddy Alvy Cohen, Moonlighting, Remington Steel, Beauty and the Beast with Linda Hamilton. What a god-awful show that was. And then Quantum Leap. That was a dreadful show. Let me tell you. Moonlighting Loved is it. one of the great Loved underrated it. shows of the 1980s. Yes. I'm telling you, it, it was great until until mm-hmm. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd got together. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. no I mean, the, the, I mean, not, yeah. but yeah, the, on the show. Yeah. yeah, when they got together as a couple, you kind of saw show, it coming though. That was that was the jump yeah. the shark moment. 
That yeah. move, that show was fantastic yeah, in the early days. Yeah, fantastic in the early. Yeah, that was so a they're show. one. Um, Pierce Brosnan and Remington Steel two. Yeah. Um, Beauty and the Beast would probably be three, and Quantum Leap was a dreadful. I don't even think show. I watched Beauty and that, the Beast. That was, was that a CBS show? I, it probably was. I never. Do you know? I you never know, watched you know, CBS. You know who played the Beast? Who? Um. Oh gosh, Red. Um, who's the Who's the guy? Ron Perlman. Who, oh, uh, from uh, Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah, yeah. Hellboy played the played the Beast yeah. in that show. Uh, from our buddy Marco on uh, Twitter. Um, rank these uh, cookies: sugar, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, peanut butter. Believe it or not, I will actually go with oatmeal raisin number one. I will go chocolate chip two, peanut butter three, and I can't do sugar anymore, so mm. that that goes number four. Uh, rank these dirty dozen co-stars of James, or sorry, of Jim Brown. That's oh, wow. from our That's buddy, from our buddy Matt Ryan, Telly Savalas, Charles Bronson, Ooh. Donald Sutherland, and Ernest Borgnine. Ooh. So I go Charles Bronson one. He was the ultimate guys guy. Charles Bronson one. I'll go Telly Savalas too. Kojak, yep. who loves you, baby. Yep. I'll go. I'll go Ernest Borgnine number I like, three. Yeah. And I'll go Donald Sutherland, number four. Wasn't Ernest Bergnine in Convoy with uh, Chris, uh, oh. Chris, Chris Christopherson? He might have been. Um, he was also cabbie in Escape from New York. He escaped from New York. Um, he was also in McHale's Navy. That was the famous TV show that he was part of. Yeah. Um, he won an Oscar for something. I, he... he he did win an Oscar. Okay. He was married to Ethel Merman at one time, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so from our buddy, Alan Jeffrey, um, actually, Bobby's first solo album was King of Stage, but obviously, Don't Be Cruel was was a big. So I, again. I, I don't remember King I of don't, Stage. I don't remember that at all yeah. because Don't Be Cruel had all of the hits. Yeah. Like, every song yeah. on that album was a top 10 hit. Yeah. Like, everything on that album. Yeah. I mean, Don't Be Cruel is that's that's a fantastic yep. song. The title track is fantastic, but everything was a hit on that album. Yeah, it was. Oh, and uh, the show was Playmakers. That's what it was. Okay. Yep, Playmakers. If you get I, a chance, pull that. I don't know if it can find it anywhere, but it, it it it. I thought it was a good show. A lot of people thought it was a good show, but again, apparently, it was ruffling the feathers of, of NFL. Well, they should have just called it Hookers and Blows. <laughs> um, all right, we gotta get out of here. Um, Love TKO coming on that. Sorry we didn't get to the Twitter questions. There are some good ones on Twitter. Let me, let me real quick. Okay. Um, from our buddy James, these wrestling moments. Hogan's heel turn, Montreal screw job, Austin's heel turn at Ooh. WrestleMania 17, CM Punk's pipe bomb. Hogan's heel turn was still one of the great moments yeah. in wrestling history. I will go with CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. Mm-hmm. I will go with the Montreal screw job and Austin turning heel yeah. literally killed the wrestling business. Yep, sure their, their business took such a dive mm-hmm. when he went heel at WrestleMania 17. Like, they lost tens Every, yeah. of millions of dollars when he turned heel in that whole angle and everything. Yep. All right, love TKO up next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 